0: Would you pray with me? Gracious Lord God, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. Make us hungry for this heavenly food, that it may nourish us today in the ways of eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, the bread of heaven, we pray. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 52 through 69 hear the word of the Lord the Jews then disputed among themselves saying how can this man give us his flesh to eat so Jesus said to them very truly I tell you unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood you have no life in you those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life and I will raise them up on the last day For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father. So whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like that which your ancestors ate and they died. But the one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. While many of his disciples heard this, they said, This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you, there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe and who was the one that would betray him. And he said, for this reason, I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the father. Because of this. Many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Thanks be to God. This morning, we are continuing in our sermon series, Living in Light of the Resurrection. As those who have been claimed by Jesus Christ, adopted as members of God's own family, promised eternal life through the death and resurrection of Jesus, there are certain qualities that should define us as Christians. And perhaps most fundamentally of all, Christians should be people who believe. Would you pray with me? Gracious Lord God, I pray now that you would pour your Holy Spirit through me, that these words might truly become your living word to your people. And I pray that you would open up each of our hearts and minds that we might receive that word exactly in the place that we need to hear it. For we pray this in the name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. If you can't stand the heat, then get out of the kitchen. Isn't that how the saying goes? Well, the kitchen was getting pretty hot. The theological kitchen, that is. And most of Jesus' followers were getting out. Now, things had been looking pretty good up to this point. I mean, just the day before, Jesus had miraculously fed more than 5,000 people with a few loaves and fish. Jesus' popularity was at an all-time high. I mean, at last they had all found a candidate for Messiah that they could all get behind. After all, who better to lead us than someone who can give us what we want when we want it and who can make sure our bellies are always full? And Jesus' polling numbers were rising by the hour. And so the crowds began to make a plan that they were going to come and take Jesus by force and make him their king. But Jesus slipped away from the crowds and During the night, he crossed over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. When morning came, the ravenous crowds, hungry for more bread, went searching for the miracle man. When they finally found him, Jesus began to say some rather difficult things to them, things that were not easy to hear, especially for a Jew. For Jesus claimed that he himself was the true bread from heaven. The true manna. Come down to earth to give life to those who believe in him. But only those who eat his flesh and drink his blood will receive eternal life. Yikes! The truth is, at some point along the way, If you hang around any political candidate long enough, eventually they're going to say or do something that causes you to question your support. And these words from Jesus were just too much, too blasphemous for people to take. His platform was starting to sound rather extreme. And clearly he had delusions of grandeur. I mean, who does he think he is? Moses? God? I mean, don't we know his mama and daddy? And all this cannibalistic talk was just downright nuts. And so some of Jesus' followers come up to him and say, hey, Jesus, uh, this stuff is pretty stuff to swallow. Who can accept it? And Jesus says, you think that's tough? You ain't seen nothing yet. Just wait till you see me ascending back to my father from which I came. Which, by the way, we just celebrated this past Thursday. And then Jesus said, What I am giving you are the words of life, life in the power of the Spirit. But some of you do not believe. After all, no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father who sent me. Well, by this point, the kitchen was practically a sauna. And as people usually do, or at least they used to do, when a candidate begins to self-implode, most of Jesus' followers ducked their heads and slipped away through the crowds going in search of a far less controversial candidate for Messiah with a far more reasonable platform to believe in. Like the disciples We all want to find something to follow in life, don't we? But we all want to believe in something so deeply that we can throw our whole self into it. Whether it be a a philosophy of living or a meaningful career or the search for true love or growing a family or reaching the top of our field or our sport And certainly during this election year, we would all love to find a candidate that inspires us, who carries the torch passionately and eloquently and gracefully and ethically for all that we believe in. There's just... Something wired into each of us that longs to be a part of something greater than ourselves. That gives our lives a sense of purpose that brings meaning to what we do every day. And there are a million different choices out there to choose from. I mean, just Walk down the aisles of any bookstore and you'll find dozens if not hundreds of books promising you your best life now or the life you've always wanted. Just about every commercial on TV promises the same. And we all know about the promises that every politician makes. We are constantly being bombarded by promises of ultimate fulfillment from people and products and ideas. The problem is, none of these things can deliver on those promises. Now, whenever I meet with an engaged couple before they get married, I always talk with them about the limits of marriage people who are about to get married are often harboring all kinds of illusions about what their marriage is going to be like and what this other person is going to do for them. Typically, they think that their spouse is going to make them happy and take away all of their loneliness and bring them fulfillment. And through their marriage and perhaps some children along the way, they are going to achieve self-actualization and be all that they can be. That's a heck of a lot of pressure to put on a new marriage, don't you think? The truth is, no other human being can prov- possibly provide for all of our needs and make our lives complete. That's asking that person to be our savior. And no marriage is capable of carrying that load And when we expect it to, it only leads to disappointment and heartache. The only way we can truly enjoy our marriages or, or any other relationship or job or activity for that matter is to not try to make it be something it could never possibly be. There is only one Savior in our lives and that is Jesus Christ alone, not our spouse or our children, or our parents, or our boss, or our job. Not Donald Trump, not Joe Biden, not our political party, not our country, not our church, not our pastors, not even our religion. None of them can give us the words of life, eternal life, abundant life, life with a capital L. Only Jesus can do that. And Peter was just starting to understand this. And even though the pressure and the urge to walk away from Jesus must have been incredibly strong. Peter decides to stay with Jesus and the rest of the eleven decide to stay with him. For you see, I think that Peter found something in Jesus that he'd been looking for his whole life. Something he had not found in his marriage, or his job, or his family, or his temple, or even his religion. For what he had experienced in Jesus, which both terrified him and drew him like a moth to flame. What he had experienced in this mysterious, provocative, amazing rabbi from Nazareth. was God. And so when Jesus asked the twelve if they too wanted to leave, it was Peter who said, Lord, Lord, to whom can we go? Notice he doesn't say, where can we go? Not what philosophy can we turn to? Not What new religion can we take up? Not what new pathway to God can we follow? No. To whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. You see, the ultimate question in life is not what do you believe, but in whom do you believe? The ultimate issues in life are not ideological or philosophical or political, but personal and relational. The ultimate truth in life is not an idea or a set of principles or a mathematical formula or even a religion. No, it is a person and his name is Jesus. And when life smacks you in the face, as one day it inevitably will, when disease strikes your body or our entire world, when your marriage falls apart, when addiction takes over, when your dreams are shattered, when life has fallen apart all around you, to whom will you go? In whom will you trust? In whose hands will you place your life? In whose hands will you entrust your death? And your eternity. Now, be very sure the Christian religion, in and of itself, can do nothing for our salvation. No religion has the power to save us. At its best, Christianity points people to Jesus, who alone has the words of eternal life. this is something that is frequently misunderstood about our faith. And people often think that, that Christians are being arrogant when we quote Jesus' words that he is the way and the truth and the life and that no one comes to the Father but through him. As if Jesus was closing the door on all other pathways to God. But prior to the incarnation... There was no pathway to God. The chasm caused by our sin was insurmountable by any human achievement, idea, or religion. But then the word of God became flesh and lived among us. And heaven and earth were joined together in him. As fully human and fully divine, Jesus himself became the bridge between God and humanity. The eternal word of God through whom all things came into being became one of us so that God could reveal himself to us and give us the words of eternal life. But if we are ever going to understand them and experience them, we've got to start believing in Jesus. Now, many of us struggle to believe as Christians because we don't fully understand it all yet. After all, there are so many things about our faith that are difficult to grasp and some that are difficult to accept. And we often think that that we have to understand it all and and agree with every part of it before we can commit ourselves to it all the way. And this often leads us to think that if only we had more evidence, if, if only we could have witnessed Jesus' miracles for ourselves, well then, then we'd be all in then we'd commit ourselves all the way to Jesus. After all, we assume that seeing is believing, right? That if we could just see something with our own eyes, then no matter how crazy it might be, then we can believe it. But this is actually backwards. In the Christian faith, believing leads to seeing. Notice how many people in the Gospels witnessed Jesus' miracles, even were the recipients of Jesus' miracles, and yet they still walked away because they did not believe. And therefore, they could not see who Jesus really was. But listen to Peter's words. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Believe and know. The order here is important. For it is only those who have come to believe who can truly come to know who Jesus really is and therefore who God is. It is only those who believe who can begin to understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus who lives according to his righteousness and his kingdom and his ethics rather than the world's. It is only those who believe who can develop the lenses to discern what Jesus is up to in this world and what he is calling us to do. Only those who believe can begin to see. It is faith that opens up the door to a relationship with God. The only way we can truly know who God is. Is through belief in Jesus Christ whom he has sent. Believing precedes knowing in the Christian faith. In the words of Saint Anselm. I do not seek to understand in order to believe. But I believe in order to understand. To be a Christian means to have faith seeking understanding. We've got to commit ourselves and believe if we're ever truly going to see and know. This is why our faith often seems ridiculous and absurd to people who do not believe. It just makes no sense to them. There's, t- there's too many holes, too many contradictions, not enough concrete evidence. But for those of us who have come to believe, who have been encountered and claimed by God in Jesus Christ, who have experienced His love and His grace and His mercy and His generosity. There is a logic to our faith that can never be fully explained to those outside the faith. It's kind of like trying to explain logically why you're falling in love. And this is why our calling to be witnesses for Jesus is always more about proclamation than apologetics. More about professing the truth we have come to know rather than trying to defend the faith or argue people into the faith. Like Peter, we can't always explain everything, but what we can do is profess our faith in the one in whom we have come to believe even as we seek to understand more. We can declare our belief that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, the singular saving Lord of the cosmos, the only Son of the Father, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead and he ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And to all who receive him, who believe in his name, he gives power to become children of God, for it is he alone who has the words of eternal life, and he is just dying for you to receive them. And that, my friends, is a platform you can believe in. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.